So we're going to talk about a really uh, interesting, interesting topic, and, and we may be all over the place, but we have the two heavy hitters, two veterans at this thing in the room. Notice how they don't want to stand next to me because I make them feel small when I stand with them. But uh, we're going to talk about the topic of unpacking packed church. So this, this word packed church was kind of like a, a name that, that came into being when the Assemblies of God was considering how do we help churches become either healthy or help them multiply. So I think there was pretty much two categories when we started the packed church model. Churches that were struggling, they had, they had, they're on the downside of the curve and they were struggling to grow and be healthy, uh, were connecting with another stronger church, a parent church, and saying, hey, let's have more than just friendship and relationship and you praying over me. Come alongside me, even lead and take control of my church for a while. And a lot of these churches didn't even have a pastor. Help us become healthy again. And either we'll stay under your covering, and then, or you can send us back out. So it had to do with helping unhealthy churches or starting new churches. So the, the parent-affiliated church model, think about family, okay? Because a lot of times we get into this language of church planting, and we get this entrepreneurial type of vocabulary that goes on. Parenting a church is a biblical thing. And so I like to use biblical terms like apostle. And what apostles were in the scriptures were spiritual mothers and fathers who were raising up sons and daughters. And so you had these guys like Paul who was an apostle. But what was Paul known for in the Bible? He was known for expanding the kingdom into new territory, right? He took it to the Gentiles. He planted churches all over the known world at that time. He was an apostolic father, not because of title, but because of function. He was creating uh, avenues, as we talked about in our last class, for people like Timothy, who were pastors, to use their gifts. But he was starting new things. So the whole concept of hack church is a concept of a parent church either starting a new church or coming alongside one that needs to have health and bringing health so that that church can be life-giving again. So that's the philosophy. Now, the application of uh, of packed church can get very... It's like trying to wrestle with jello. I mean, you you can't hold it in your hand. It's like all over the place because there's so many ways. I mean, my family's not like your family, Dante, is it? You know, I wouldn't mind being in your family, but our families are different. The way we roll is different, you know. And so every family is unique. And so we want to help pastors understand a couple things here. Number one, God supernaturally gifted every Christian with the multiplication anointing. That's the bottom line. In fact, if you're a human being, he gifted you with that, right? But he gifted every one of us to make disciples that will make disciples. God, everything that God created that lives, that has life, has the anointing of multiplication. (coughs) Flowers can multiply. Animals can multiply. Humans can multiply. And God created the church. And God wants to see His church multiply. Can I get a witness? Any amens in the room? I'm just trying to get some feedback. So we want to talk about, okay, what does this thing look like? How does it happen practically? And before I hand it off to these guys that are going to tell their story, two or three of you tell me why you came to the class today and what you hope to learn. So we make sure we hit the target. Is that right? Some of you tell me why did you come and what do you hope to learn? Yes? We are pursuing it at our church. Uh, I already have a mother church talking. Just trying to clear up some of the fog. Okay, good. Good. So you're already in, you're going in that direction. You need to get clarity. Okay. Anyone else? Yes. Yeah, we go part of the Tanzania trip, uh, and while we're over there, uh, God worked in us, and we both were at like five churches in the next 10 years. So you got vision. And so what we're doing is trying to gather and all the information we can and best prepare us to Okay. It. And since that time, we've already uh, started one off. Amen. Amen. So. Um, very good. Very good. Anyone else? Yes. And my goal today would be best practices. Um, learning from those who went before us. So things that you would make sure you do every time 
things that you would make sure you never do again. <laughs> I'll right, make sure you guys cover that. <laughs> it's good. Excellent. And I guess one thing we're going to say is this is a beginning conversation, so anyone considering doing PAC Church, the reason these two men are in the room is they have experience. The reason I'm in the room is I'm learning from their experience, connecting data, and trying to create a, a vehicle that you can all use as you walk this journey. So this is relationship. We're just starting down this road. So good, good input. So what we're going to do is talk, I'm going to have Conan tell you how Conan uh, has used the uh, PAC model to kind of bring forth his apostolic vision. Josh is going to tell you about how he used it to help even small churches and rural churches. And then we're going to take you on a journey of what we have learned about how to design best practices in a packed church. Sound good? Alright, so Conan, take it away. I have an hour and a half, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, now I'll keep it quick. Uh, yeah, for us it was one I think from the very beginning, you know, I heard about in this last session, but it had a mandate from God that we were going to make a dent in Columbus and beyond for the name of Jesus. So I, I knew that. I knew we were planting a church, but I also knew like we weren't just going to be a church, we were going to launch a movement of churches planting churches. I told God a long time ago, Lord help us. I said, Lord, if you give it to me, I'll give it away. And uh, so we started, man. We launched in 2006. The whole pack, um, parent-affiliated church, had just come out. It was brand new. I didn't really know what it was. I was looking for a way, how can we do this? Honestly, our first one, I was probably, I thought we were going to do campuses uh, surrounding 270. We had to put that on hold. We are heading that now. Uh, but in that moment, I'm like, what do we do? I, and I, So I had a conversation with Doug Garasic from uh, the movement, uh, now Rust City, up in Youngstown. And he was in the area, he was youth pastor, and he was kind of burnt out. And he's like, dude, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, what's God called you to do? He's like, I'm called to plant a church. I'm like, we'll help you. He goes, what's that look like? I don't even know. We'll help you. So we brought him in. We raised, I think, $6,000. Of course, he's launching in. Uh, Youngstown, three and a half hours away. No one's moving from Columbus to Youngstown. No one knew him. He said, but I got some friends up here. I said, how can we help you? So honestly, with a guy like Doug, it was just like, dear Lord, Doug's the guy, just get out of his way. Okay? And so we just kind of gave him some money. We're here to support you. Called him on the phone a little bit. Uh, hey, we're doing a pack thing. We're like, what's that? I don't even know. He was a non-AG guy brought into the AG through the pack. Okay? Now I'll say this. When we first started out, it was not an easy road. So our first two guys was not an easy road and they took some lumps and I kept telling them, hold on, we are pioneering, we are macheting through a rainforest. But once we create a path, by the grace of God, now there's, there's a nice two-lane highway that is expanding into a four-lane highway. So just know when you see some of these guys, thank them because they have scars on their back, but we got through it, okay? Push this through. So Doug was the very first one. We didn't know what we were doing. We helped him launch. He's going crazy up there. His church is blowing up. He's, he's renting malls, signing these all these agreements. I'm like, oh, oh, because he's technically under us. We're his board. He has an advisory board until he can become... You know, General Council Church, he's going so crazy, my board's freaking out. They're like, dear Lord, what if he gets sued? Like, if he goes under, are we responsible for these malls? He goes in and buys a corner, like one of those, you know, pillar stores, and then he redoes it. So he's done it a couple times. Right now he's got three, four campuses going. And so we're like, you know, the church is running probably a couple thousand. We're like, what do we do? So we created a network with an MOU. Right? Um, we were trying in the beginning to create a firewall. We come to find out, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that the PAC agreement is not a legal document. It's an ecclesiastical document. Yes, right. It is a spiritual father to spiritual son. So in a court of law, our fear was, if something happens in Doug's church, are they going to go up the food chain and sue us and take down C3 church? That's the reason we create our network in the beginning. Come to find out, we, it doesn't hold in a court of law. Is that right? Except you know, the board. Except the board's accountable. The board. So, yeah. So our board, yeah. So here's what we've done. Here was kind of our model. My model that we kind of rolled out was how I want to be led. I do not want someone going, holding on to me, creating all these, you know, rules. Where I, 
for me, they got to give me. I got to be able to run, or otherwise I ain't running with you. That's just that's just me, right? I mean, so we kind of set ours up as I would want to be led. Ours is high influence, low authority. We say this, you know, we want to be your influence, not your authority. We want to be, we want to be that really cool uncle in your life. Dude, love you. You're awesome. Listen, we're here if you need us. Some of the guys that we planted, we planted 19 churches. Some of those guys do not need anything. Doug Grassi didn't really need anything. Other guys need a lot. Okay, we're here to give you as much coaching as you want or as little as you want. We're going to give you as much. We're going to, and so um, we just we started doing that. So they began with relationships. Uh, the next one was a relationship out of town. Crazy story. I won't get into it, how God worked that whole thing out. I'm like, I ain't talked to this guy in like 10 years. I feel the Holy Spirit go call him. Are you supposed to come to Columbus and plant a church? He's in Pittsburgh. He's like, no way. I just told God I was trying to plant Pittsburgh. It wasn't happening. You know, I don't know anybody. The only place, Lord, I would go is Columbus. But you, I don't know anybody. And literally, I call him up. We're both like, what? Come to Columbus, plant a church. Then we began to raise leaders up within our church. Okay, so then I began to look for guys. This is crazy. You know, you'll find what you look for. If you're looking for church planters, so every leader in my church is a church planter until God says there's something else. <laughs> That's just how I look at it. You're a leader. Now, here's how you know. Here's the greatest, the greatest area. The, man, uh, chemistry set. Like, you want to find out if they're a church planter. They start a small group. It's so simple. It goes 10, 20, 25, 30. I'm like, walk over and I go, man, are you called of God to plant a church? And by that time, they're like, hey. <laughs> they're like, yes. I said, I call it out of you. And they're like, uh. I said, I'm going to help you get there. So they're like, how did you know? I'm like, it's really easy. If you're looking, it's really easy to see. Now, here's the amazing thing. If you're constantly planting churches out of your church, your church will never have a church split. <laughs> Doug Clay gave me the greatest wisdom. Doug Clay gave me the greatest wisdom. He said this. He's like, Conan, here's the thing. There are going to be fractions that's going to happen. You can either get out in front of the parade and swing the baton, leave the parade, or you can walk up behind it and clean up all the garbage. He says, so when you see a guy that has it, don't fight that. Release that. Right? Release that. Honor that. Go, man, I want to help you get there. And so for us, here's how we've done several in our church. They start to lead a small group, and I say, look, you see people, too, rally around them. They're like, I go, You're past, you pastor those people. They start pastoring those people. I said, you can talk to anybody you want to. I said, don't take a higher level staff with you. Right? Then, but talk to whoever you want. I said, don't be weird about it. Just say, hey, I'm playing a church, got an information meeting. Man, Conan's blessing this. So when they do go to launch, right, so they do that. Um, you know, then I'm bringing that church planner. He's sitting in on board meetings. Why? Because I want to give them all, everything we got, right? Now we have an internship process. We bring their team in, their whole team, for eight weeks before they launch. And their kids' persons meet with our kids' person. Their worship leaders meet with our worship leader. And literally we give them everything that we have. That's the whole goal. And they're still in relationship with those guys, right? Their worship leader can call our worship leader at any time for resources. Their kids' person to our children's pastor. So we're trying to leverage. Now we're a decent-sized church. How can we leverage giving them everything that we have, okay? Then one of the greatest things about the network is about PAC is, is that literally, you know, it's peer mentoring. So now we're starting to do this thing where we're like, right. hey, you're the class of 2020. Got four church planters. You guys are rolling out together this year. Good. Awesome. We have a church plant coach, one of the guys who's five, six, years, seven years in, who walks with them, right? So they meet with them monthly. We do all the assessments. So, um, but that's kind of our story, right? So we've launched several from within. I promise you this. Here's what's crazy. You plant your church, everybody gives to you. Like, yes, thank you for your gift. Thank you for sending those people. But then when it comes where you have to give it away, it's like, oh, oh, those are tithe payers. Oh, those are some key leaders. I promise you. It's very difficult. And you know what we do? We bring them up on the stage. Them and they're 30, 40, 50 people. <laughs> and you're like, those are my best leaders, right? <laughs> Bring up the board and we lay hands on. We say, man, we bless you in Jesus' name. And I stand up and I say this. And I, dude, you know, I'll tell you who spoke this into my life, man. The late Jim Palmer spoke this into my life. Here's what he said. He brought me into his church. And he says, if any of you feel led to go with Pastor Conan to the east side of Columbus, I bless you. Come to me and I'm going to bless you to go. When I, I was like, Jim Palmer did that for me, I'm like, 
that's what generosity, that's what kingdom yes. looks like. Yes. Changed my life. Dude, Jim Palmer changed my life when he did that. So I literally stand up and I go, if any of you feel led to go right with them, I want you to come to me and I'm going to bless you to do it. Now, people in our churches, when they see that, they're like, what? <laughs> this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like this. But here's the truth. Man, generosity, you will reap what yeah. you have sown. Yes. You reap what you've sown. And when you give, God gives it back. Too many pastors and leaders are holding on with this scarcity mentality. I've only got this many people. And guess what? As long as you hold on to that, that's all you have. Because you can't receive like this. You can receive like this. That's good. Right? Receive like this. Don't hold on to it. Give it away. If you give it away, God's going to bless you. So what we do, right? We send them away with people. We send them away with finances. So... I guess we're, not, we're talking more packed than network, how we have it set up. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So our guys, here's what I'll just real quick. So when they plant a church, we have an MOU, which we're going to get in a little bit, I think. Um, and so they're agreeing. They go out. We bless them. We give them $10,000 from our network. And then we're linked with OCMN, right? There's a partnership there where finances come from there, too. We have some bars they have to reach. They have to raise $10,000. They have to have 30 people. You can't do that. You probably shouldn't plant a church. We'll be telling them because you're going to—it's going to be a long, hard road. Okay, if you can't do that, so we set those bars. They reach that bar. We bless them out. We have a whole process, a whole system that we run them through. So, you know, again, ours is more influence than authority. Now, it is amazing. Like, so I'll say a couple couple ways this has happened. So, some have been they've left planted churches. We did have one. Um, now, church in Baltimore, Ohio, Assembly of God Church. I was actually the presbyter at that time. Church was dying. 15 people left. They're like, what do we do? Do you have any more resumes? And finally, I'm like, okay, we gave you some. Here's the truth. No one's coming to this town for, for $50 a week. I said, it's just, not, it's just the reality of it. It's not going to happen. They're like, what are we going to do? We're going to die. I said, well, giving you all the resumes of people who consider it. Here's what we can do. You let us, you let us adopt you. Like, what's that look like? I said, well, you hand me the, you hand me the keys to your church. I'm going to take the keys to the church. I'm going to invest some money. We're going to revamp this entire building. Right? They're like, the pews? Mm-hmm. They're probably going to go. I said, here's the thing. If you don't do it, you're not going to be here in six months anyway. And they're like, you're right. I said, how do we know? How can we trust you? I go, look, I want the same thing you want. I want a life-giving church in this community. Is that what you want? They're like, yes. I said, how, can you, how do you know we can trust you? I said, you don't. So finally, they went. They handed me the keys. We took the keys. We dropped 20 grand in it. Redid it the basement. You know, man, new chairs, paint, everything. It looks great now. And then what happened? Brought a pastor in there. Boom! Church, right? So their 15 people came to our church for a season. They're seeing people come to Christ every week. They're seeing people baptized or in a small group. We plugged them in with a pastor. We took their 15, gave them 35 more people, relaunched the church. Now the church, you know, is doing well. And I take the keys. I'm like, <laughs> you have that. You have that. So that is a that is a success story. Of, I think when we're thinking, you know, man, we're thinking man, generosity, all right, Lord, abundance mentality, right? Some things that can happen. So the pack, it can happen so many different ways. Um, you know, we're looking now to launch campuses. We're going to launch campuses around the 270 Belt Loop. Each campus will be a church planning training center. I'm like, if we can plant 19 churches from one location, what can we do through two? What can we do through three? We can change the world. Okay, we can change the world. So, I don't want to take up too much time, but that's kind of how we roll. So, you're, we'll have you answer questions in yeah. a minute. As Josh comes, just a couple of things that stood out that he said is, you gotta, if you're going to be a pack, then you're a parent. And the reason I said I don't like the entrepreneurial model is they think like business people and business people can be very protective and make it all about their business parents want their children to succeed so a lot of pastors say hey I want to parent a church but I'm not willing to give any of my people away and we're not giving any money well you're not parenting that church then that's right that's good would you do that to your own child and so just think about the sacrifice that it sometimes takes to do that okay Josh yeah um, our model uh, is, as we're talking through with what Conan's doing, we came to our church uh, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, revitalized it, so it was an older congregation, average age of 60, and uh, we were 29 years old at the time with three kids, and so walked through a process of five years uh, through the market, everything, cra- you know, the market crash, I work outside, do all these things, but from the beginning we had this conversation to say, listen, you know, we, I came out of Calvary in Toledo, which was a large church. 
And uh, our board said, do you, do you ever see our church being a thousand people? And I'm like, yeah, but in like 10 locations. And because I, I, I grew up in the Catholic church and I believe the Catholics had something right with the, the model of the community parish. When we, go to, when we work together, we go to school together, we shop, we go to the same post office, all these things. And so instead of having this regional model where everybody comes to the, the big church, um, where suddenly the monster gets so big, we find that a lot of times our big churches, we expect the big churches to plant, but the monster gets too big that they can't sever anything off because they're like, oh, we've created all these systems. We have all these, we have all these um, what I call thoroughbreds in their positions. You know, this is a youth pastor and this is all they do. We have thoroughbreds instead of quarter horses. Quarter horses can do anything. And, um, and my, uh, first and foremost, you know, anybody on our staff, you're like, you are a quarter horse. And uh, Clydesdale. Cly- I'm, I'm a Clydesdale. Of course you are. I'm more of a donkey. But <laughs> I wasn't going to say. It's all right. Yeah, I, I did run the uh, I did run the uh, Iron Man half iron to the Iron Man for uh, yes. Oh my gosh, I was excited because I at least I trained with my son for a, a year with that. I I mean there was no app that says from couch to Iron Man. It was all like five and all this stuff, but uh, we, all the training, all these things, and I just like when some people come across the line they're like this, and I'm like <laughs> you know, coming across and, that, and, that, and really just the course of the uh, of the process, so we of where we were at, we, we planted our first church, we were 125 people and uh, I was the presbyter, uh, I, I was the presbyter at that time, which whatever and I just felt like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna own, we're gonna own our area, we're gonna go for it and uh, there was a community just to the west of us. We had five, uh, seven years into our church revitalization, turning it around, and there was a stirring in our hearts. And uh, that was what was different uh, in the season when, when Eric was in this seat. He really sat, Eric Schroeder, he sat down and he said, listen, we, we are recognizing that if we don't recognize our apostolic leaders, that they're leaving. And he said, so we're going to start calling out, you know, there's this big, you know, like, oh, this hush-hush across the fellowship that we can't, you know, people walking around saying, I'm an apostle or whatever. That's not the heart of it. We're saying, you operate in these gifts. We're going to recognize that, and we're going to place a demand on those gifts. And, uh, and so people started to believe. And here I am, a pastor of a 125-member church, and we're just trying to figure it out. And we would go, I, was, I left a birthday party and drove through the little community next to us. And uh, which is a community of about 2,600 people, and uh, uh, I found this, saw this strip mall, kind of strip center, whatever, in this little town. And on the end, I noticed the phone number, and I recognized the phone number was one of my friends, and he owned the building. So I called him. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's been av- it's available." And so we opened up, had a prayer meeting and a worship time, the two building. It was like an office, and then a something else uh, and uh, we prayed and walked through it that night our board was like oh this just feels so good this is what we should do like all right so before any of these MOU all these plans I went up and met with him the next day he gave me a check for $500 and said the guy that owns the building said here's your deposit now write me a check back so I'll get that and then I signed the contract to rent the building and then I text my board and said hey we, we're planning a church and uh, so it was just it, that's and how we. You were advising them to do this. That's how we did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As the lead, as the lead, my name was on it anyway. So if it was, if it was, if it was going down, I was going down with it. So we we started this process, and, and that was our first. So this community twenty five hundred. We're church one hundred twenty five. We did Saturday nights, and I started to look for somebody else to come along and partner in as a, as a staff, as a pastor, as a pastor that. All of our majority of our staff in the churches we planted. Uh, well, this one particularly, the guy had never the couple uh, had never pastored, so we took them and have walked them through the process. And now they're credentialed five years later, and all these things as they've walked through it. But I said, listen, I'll, I'll preach. I'll bring a team. We'll do this, and then you just love people through the process. And uh, he started doing it. And they've got um, about two percent of their community now, about fifty people. That attend, and uh, we run that campus for about thirty-four thousand dollars a year with rent, utilities, um, outreach, all those kind of things. Because rural, we can we can rent a spot for seventeen hundred bucks, and it's six thousand square feet. And the guy that built owned the building actually built it out for us without us having to pay for it. 
And he said, Joshua, he's good for you. Like, Joshua, what's going to happen is, as soon as we sign this, and get this win, somebody's going to come and offer me to buy the building, or they're going to offer me, they offer, they, or they're going to offer, they want that space. I signed the contract at the end of the week. Somebody came and offered him twice what he was willing to rent it to me for. And uh, he's like, listen, he said, it always happens this way. And, but he's been a great, every time I go, we go pay that check, he's celebrating with us what God's doing. That was our first one, seven minutes down the road. Realizing that how close do these things have to be or how far do they have to be? You have your natural barriers, cornfields, highways, <laughs> rivers, um, schools. People will be like, in my area, they're like, well, we, we want to plant in um, this community, which is a, a, the only county in our, in our area that doesn't have a, somebody in the county seat, the only county seat that's not covered in, in, my, in my area. And, we want to, and the church right next to it, and this community next to it says, well, we're going to go after that. And I'm like, no, you're not. Who's your biggest rival in football? They are. I said, so contextualizing, you're, you're talking about two kinds of different, and you're asking them to leave their circle of influence. And I said, let's just plant a church out there. And the mentality was like, well, they're too close, and what if the people leave? And I'm like, well, so be it. And you're going to die anyways. Uh, a key thing for me was back in 07, 08, 08, 09, an article came out that said, talk, it was in a pastor's magazine, and it talked about circling the wagons. And uh, we circ- people circled the wagons back in the old days because they were protecting what they had. And so many times, we as even the church, we, we have value, we have certain things, our, our pets that we want to keep, and we circle the wagons around them. So we're going to protect this, but yet God's calling us to go and to go out and do it. And if you, once you circle the wagons, you might as well put a date of when your church is going to close. Because now you're, once again, the Conan said, you're, you're closing in. And so we just said, uh, we're going to follow Joshua 3. When the ark moves, we're going to go where the ark is going. When God's moving, we're going to go where he's moving. We're going to step in the water, and the water will... 125-member church planting a church doesn't seem like it's, it should be happening, but that's what we, we did. And then we went, and we had a church that was... Uh, was not doing well in our area. We closed them down. They were going to die anyways. They're, they're meeting in a, a home uh, group. They're still meeting in a home group because we're, we've had so much problems with permits and architect and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, changing a whole mentality. Like, if you change the music, we're leaving. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's exactly why your church is dead. And so now they're finally at this point where we're like, we, we just want to see our church open. And I'm like, okay, now... We're seeing some movement forward with where, and that's that's been a several year process for them. So they're 45 minutes away from us. We planted Julie and Shelby Pratt down in uh, Plain City, Sarah Worthington, and went to Plain City. And they were people that we didn't have to tell. Like Julie and her team, they went for it. We didn't have to do anything. I just got to come in on those key moments because every time a contract had to be signed, I had to sign it because I was their board. And every time I walked in the room, you're like, whoo. That you're like, okay, you know, but I believed in the people that we had in the process. And I had, for me, too, was all of our church planters were all older than I am. And it wasn't for, I realized that, and it wasn't, uh, well, number one, I, I'm not cool. I'm not going to attract the cool guys, okay? I'm going to attract the guys that are saying, Andy, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, a, but, I, but I just, you think about it, like, I, we're not, we, we are planting rural con- campuses or churches. And if they want to stay underneath us, they can do that however long they want. Or if they want to go and, and like in three years or two years, whatever, they can go and be their own church. We said there's a process. It's not by the amount of money in your bank account or the number of butts in your chairs. How are you developing leaders? How are you involved? And if that's not happening, then you're not going to, you're not allowed to leave yet until we get some of those things moving. So, Julian Shelby, we planted them. Then we had Hilliard Community, a missional community. That was their only one that's been in like a suburb. And then uh, just recently we went after a Napoleon, and, uh, which was one of our counties that didn't have a church in it. And so we're, we're a church. Our church is right now running about 90-some people. Uh, we, last September I turned it over to somebody else because apostolically I was outside of my church more than I was inside of my church. And I raised up my replacement and Roger took it over. And it's been a, a season as we walk through that. But um, in our setting, we're, we're doing rural and all, most of our guys were like, we just had to change the value. Like, Ruben, our first church planner, he's out there, and they're seeing 2% of their community attend their church. I said, let's go to Columbus. Who has 2% of their of Columbus attending their church? It's all context. 
I, I've sat in lead meetings with our church planning team and uh, uh, across, from across the state and they're like, we've got to get a church to 100 people because then they can afford a pastor. I said, you're getting a pastor a job before a call. 100 people, yeah, they can support a pastor, but are they really, sometimes it just gives them a job. As long as I maintain that, I'm good. And all of our guys have worked outside. They all work full-time outside. They say, listen, they may get a stipend, but they're like, we, we want to see. We're just, they're making inroads. They're doing something. It's just different. We're in a rural setting. So we're going to go in, and we've got a, our church in Napoleon right now. They've got about uh, 3,000 square feet for their facility, but it's right across the street from the county seat, the county courthouse. They, their overhead every month is $1,000 is what their overhead is every month. They rent the facility for 600 bucks a month can't touch that in suburban or all those things. And you say, all right, we're going to start here. And so we're, we don't have the big bang of the start. We'll start and then they'll start, they'll have a small group and then they'll begin to work that process and, and just work from, work from there. So there's multiple settings that we, the way we plant and, and what we've created then is really this central office model as a pack, as a parent church created a central office model. And the model of a central office, you have you have really three dials that are in this central office. You have control, uh, you have resources, and you have support. A church that have, wants high control means if we have uh, Greg Ford, we'll say that Greg Ford's going to plant a church, it's going to be a campus, it's going to look the same music, probably the same four songs that they're going to sing at every campus. Uh, every slide's going to be the same. Everything. High control. But then they also have to provide high support and high resources. Dial it down a little bit. Uh, we're going to have some control. You can choose your music. Our staff can work together. Things like that. So the support and resources can change. You know, we are, we are low control. Uh, we're mid-support and we try to together collectively provide resources. So we created a network of churches. Once you have three churches, you can be a plant, you can be a network. And so we we provide all of our churches put 2% into our network or a minimum of $100 a month into our network fund. And then from there, they get the coaching. They also get the covering. And people are like, well, I said, listen, my butt's on the line a lot of times for here what you decide in regards to your facility and some of those things. So we've taken the risk. So $100 is very minimal or 2%. And then we actually buy insurance together. Our, our facility insurance is all the same plan for all of our locations, which then takes the whole rate down. And really the amount of money that you're putting into the network is far less than what it would be if you had your own insurance plan. Because I charge them 125 bucks. The only place owns all the buildings. We have our right now. Our our name is on any of any of the buildings. Uh, the um, Plain City took over theirs when they left out from underneath us. So now they're they. I don't sign their contracts or do anything anymore. Everything got switched over. That's good. See, that's part of the difference. Is all our guys are. There's their own deal. They sign the right. It's their name on it. They handle their own finances. Where yours, your finances run through. Some place. It just depends. It depends on each one. We can. So we have a pay-to-play model. So they have this basic of a two percent or hundred bucks, and then uh, coaching, uh, coaching, mentoring, um, some of the governance process. And then in the middle there, we we do book. We can offer bookkeeping, uh, HR, uh, your graphics design, all, you know, insurance things like that. And those are a pay to play. So like, hey, I want to do the, like you can go get your own insurance if you want, but I'm gonna charge you 125 bucks a month. We're going to pay three hundred dollars if you come in over here. Like, yeah, okay, I'm good. You know, so it just depends. We get we have resources. So instead of having, and, and so some of our sites, three out of our current five have their they do their own bookkeeping because they have somebody on staff or a volu- they have a volunteer. That's their gift. That's their area. And like, well, we don't want to pay anybody. We've got a volunteer that is qualified, and so we work with them to get that in, and they still have to do reporting and all those kind of things back to us. So that's, that's like our model. So you've got those three dials. Think about that. If you're going to plant, you guys are looking at uh, coming up underneath somebody. So what's that dial of, of the control, the resources, and the support? You figure those things out. So how do you figure out what those dials are? And um, there's a couple of things. Let's talk about Al and I. Uh, once you go to the next slide. Or the, um, sorry, go to the, go to the DNA first. There you go. This is something that we, let me just say this. While you're in Ohio, 
you are in um, you're in a preferred state that is highly partnered with CMN across the country. We, some of the things that we are writing and the things that you're going to see today are things that you'll begin to see on the national level. Because we work on, we're working with these guys, with the national office on producing this. So, Al, do you want to, so these are, this is the basic, you want to talk to this one? Sure. And I'll talk through the others. And we're, I'm not going to go long on this, but basically what we help is we've created a pathway. So if you're going to parent a church on a, on a practical matter, there's a pathway of preparation that the parent takes, which is the green. We'll, we'll give this to you if you, if, if you give us your We can upload email. it into the sched. Yeah. We'll, we'll have Ashley upload But there's a pathway for the parent church and a pathway for the planter. So it's like a DNA molecule. But these red spots are where there needs to be complete alignment. That's where you gotta, you got to be in alignment on how you're going to handle things. We're going to talk about how to put an MOU together in just a minute. But there's things like, before a church even gets started, the first question I want to ask is why and what are you doing right now to engage and bring the gospel to this new place? If, you're not, if you don't want to start a church, somebody wants to start a church so that their family members can come and they can preach. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in getting people saved that are unsaved. So whatever the model is, I want you to engage the community. And then what we're going to organize is a cohort because we got a lot of new parent churches saying, hey, we feel called to God to plant a church. Well, we're going to have Josh and Conan weigh in on that and take you guys to a cohort on how to be a good parent. We also have a cohort for planters. It's called the CMNU. We have 15 people right now in Ohio who are saying, I don't know if I'm going to plant a church or not, but I really want to know what God's will is. So they're maybe two years out. They haven't even made a commitment. We already have them in our pipeline, meeting with some of our church planters, asking questions like, how has God wired me? Um, what, what, are, what, what is my skill set? What are my gifts? How does God want to use me in the future? So CMNU. Then, and then this whole process takes place. So there's application, there's assessment, there's writing ministry plans, there's fundraising, uh, legal stuff that has to be done that we help you do. And we walk you through this whole process. But this piece right here is really key. Let me hit the reds real quick. We're going to talk about an MOU. How do you want this relationship to work? Memorandum of understanding. Memorandum of understanding. This is a relationship, like Conan said. This is a covenant. There are legal aspects to a relationship. I mean, if you're the parent church, your board is their board. And, and you guys got to work that out. So that's where the legal part comes. So we'll talk about that right now. CMN launch means we send planter and parent to a boot camp to write a ministry plan three, four days with people around the nation who walk you through every aspect of starting a church and how to write a, a, a plan. After you work these steps, we charter you from our office and we will charter you with the Assemblies of God and we will help you incorporate with the state of Ohio. And, and then there's the launch itself, evaluate how you will evaluate this thing how you will recover, and how you will advance. So we, we are engaged from beginning all the way after the plant. We're still in your life for a couple years. That's the process. All right, any questions about the process before we get into, like, how do you work on this relationship? This is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. We don't have This is a lot it. of work, but this has been, this is a blessing. And your CM, the CMN team will, let me just say, in any of these processes, yeah. any of this stuff, we're... We're answering the questions, trying to be one step ahead of where people are asking us. But at the same time, if you're asking the, asking the questions, please ask us, because maybe we have stuff already in process, or we have things that are answered. You don't have to go out and find all these things. Just come to one of us and be like, hey, do you have some of those? We're re reworking some of the assessment process and everything. Go to the next one. So if you want to do an MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, once again, those three dials, I use the word control, resources, and support. Some of these kind of things, same too. We're on the continuum, do you want? Do you want control versus freedom? Uh, efficiency versus creativity? Um, you know, this would be more of a, I'm just saying, this is more of a, like a one church, great four. Here's the structure, yes. boom, 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 boom. Campus. This is more of where, really, where we are landing and saying, listen, <laughs> your your mess, you clean it up, you know, whatever from there. Be who you are. Yep, uniformity and contextualization. Um, so where do you land on these things? So how do we figure out where you land? Well, go to the next. We've got ten areas. We're just going to pop through these real quick. Uh, and we would hit all of them. But how do we bring clarity to our, rela our relationship? We have the document, though, if they want to get it. And I just, I messaged Ashley 
and uh, we'll get it uploaded into the sked in your sked. Did everybody look at the sked? It'll be, your files will be in there. If not, by the time we're done today, can I say one thing? Can you go back one slide to that? Here's the here's the truth. So we're we we've done same as Josh, right? We are low low control, more freedom. If you plant churches this way, you can plant a lot faster, easier, less pull on you, right? When we plant churches, it's their own finances. It's their own deal. We're here to support you. Come on, you got this. We're in your corner. You need to come with us. But it's on them. So we that's why we've been able to plant so many churches. Now, we're about to launch our second campus. Whole nother animal. Like our church is like, right? They're going to feel the weight. My staff's going to feel the weight because it's high control, which demands a whole lot more time, energy, and resources. So think about that as you walk through this other stuff. Good. It's good. It was, this was like revolutionary kind of thinking. Yeah. Jeff Surratt, or Greg Surratt was walking us through all this. It was, it was great. So organizational goal is the goal of the for the church to be permanently under the parent church or as a campus. Or is the goal for the church to become self-sustaining? You're gonna, you, as you answer this organization goal, you've got three questions that you're gonna answer. Do you want? Are we, are we to be a self-sustaining and self-governing church? We want to remain a pack or campus of the parent church, or the church will be planted as a campus with the option to move into self-governing general council church. So you choose one of those. You want high control? You're right here. You want low control, you want freedom, you're going to end up in here, in the middle. So what we're doing is creating this thing like, most people aren't ha- they're not having some of these. Or they're like, we're trying to take the guesswork out of a couple of years down the road. Is that like, control is B, by the way. Hi. Campus. B would be right there, self-sustaining. That's low control right there. Low control here. Yeah, sorry, we were, they we got a, a different order. Name and branding. Will the church have the same name and brand or will it have a separate name and brand? Uh, same name and brand for so the parent church, including logo, mission, vision, values. It'll have a separate name, brand, mission, vision, values, and a combination of some unique pieces. Is here? Yeah. So Chris Songson, right, from you know Church Boom and stuff, he's got like geez, 12, 14 campuses. Same name, they preach the same message, all the stuff from the big campus comes, they have all the back, you know, from videos and print pieces and all the marketing and all that. But he's got individual pastors that preach the individual messages. They're all of his campus pastor, right? Where the model we're going to use is a video venue. So mine's going to be attached with same message at both campuses by me, but I'm going to be at a screen in another one. So that's two different ways of doing it. Some people are like anti the screens. They have more control that way. But he, here's their campus pastor's kind of a big idea. They have all the stuff. It's the same name, same church, but that campus pastor runs that play out. That makes sense? So it's good. So you see how those, some of those things you fill in. We've got, I've got both. I've got some that are the dwelling place, and then Julie Pratt was, uh, she was Hope Church. We've got Napoleon uh, was the way, and we got just a variety. And then how does that look? And you know, where, where, and to some degree, it's how do you know? It was we put it back into those pastors. How does, how do you want this to look? And uh, and make it so governance aboard. It must be fully understand that the pack will be a church under the legal organizational. Uh, under the legal and organizational umbrella of the parent church. So will the PAC church have an advisory board and will any members of the advisory board be part of the official board of the church? Let me say this. Our governance structure has changed. We're in our fourth transition. Because we went from one to two, two to three, three to four. Now we're at six. And we're trying to figure out, okay, once you get like four kids, you know, it's one-on-one. And then you got... You know, mom and dad, there's two kids. Okay, you get one, I get one. Then it's zonal. And then once you have four kids, I hear it's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, what, you so, know? <laughs> well, so Craig Rochelle says this, right? Some, some Japanese author that wrote this. But he says, things change at threes and tens. Threes and tens. So, yeah, you plant one church, like, whoa, just the two of us, is what he's saying. Then you go three, and you're like, oh, Okay, like how are we going to do this? Things change at three, and then if you get three down, things roll pretty smooth. Four's not a big deal, right? It's like three kids. I've never had four, but they say four's not a big deal. You've already done it, right? So, but threes and tens, things shift. So we're at a place like, okay, as we're planting campuses now, we got to think through, is this you know scalable for, for three? Think about some of those things, because he's right. Things shift. So which one? I think we're here for this. Where are you at for that? We... Um we have been the official board. I found that I was the official board of our parent churches for a while. So what happened then is they all kept calling me. 
And I was like, oh my gosh. That's so, not scalable. And it's scalable, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then we switched and we made advisory committee. I modeled our network off of the, um, off of a, uh, the network affiliated churches model. So there was a very same conversation, whether they were an AG, you know, as we walked through this process. And so we created an advisory committee. Uh, they're not called a board. They're non-policy making. They, do all these, they have certain re responsibilities. I meet just with the pastor. They have that monthly meeting with them with their advisory committee. And, uh, and so now we've changed this because looking at me, it's like, well, if something happened to me, we want to always have legacy mentality. Uh, we always want, we, we, if something happens to me, we have a financial structure already in place. We already have a leadership structure already in place, all these things. So we said, we have actually changed where until uh, our board is of the network pastor. And then um, it also can include uh, from three to f three to seven individuals is what our, our overall board of the parent church includes now. And because uh, we've, we've kind of MOU'd and put everybody up underneath that board. Does that make sense? Like we kind of brought them out from under the side. And so once a church has at least 15 members, uh, then we're saying, all right, you're in a place where you're getting ready to be to move in advance if you want to become a general counsel. So we're going to bring, you can have one to two seats potentially on that board. But it's not a board, our board, we don't vote. It's unanimous decisions type things of where we are at. So like you can, a pastor can make a recommendation to our board of who they feel that should be on there. But when you sit on that board, you don't get to say, well, you're not Nancy Pelosi and say, I represent the people of California. You represent this church. If that's how you want it, you won't be on this board. You're gonna, because this is us together making these decisions. And so you look at those different ones. Okay, so governance, you saw those. Legal building assets, deeds and titles to real property purchased by the plant will be in the names of the parent church. And this is just, uh, when we took over Woodville, Woodville, did, we did a quick claim deed, switched over to us. And uh, just because now, I mean, I'm responsible for some of those. So approvals of, for financial transactions, including the purchase or sale of real property, shall be handled by the official board of the PAC, which, however, you just decided that in the yeah. governance. Can, can I say this? So yep. I think Ferraris every year, they bring their budget. Hey, here's what we're budgeting. Here's what we plan to spend. So everything is cool. They don't have to come with, hey, can I buy these pencils? It's in your budget. Okay? Yep, right. If it's $1,000 outside that budget, then they got to come to us for approval. Yep. So which is the network affiliated model just even yeah. for the overall yeah. all churches. So looking at you know your difference of your uh, remain as a campus, I mean obviously your next church is going to be a campus so you'll you'll be here for the next campus but Julie Pratt was, she was moving to general council so all the stuff that they had done he came and went to their name when they moved out from underneath us. Go ahead and go to the next one. So what we're saying here is when you start the church, all the property and everything comes underneath the parent church with the goal, like in Nate's case, if they buy that building, the goal is once that church becomes self-sustaining, boom, it's in, we're, we're changing that title to your name. And the your self-sustaining general account, it's yours. So, but it has to come up underneath the parent church at first. We're having these conversations before you even begin. I was going to say you have to establish those yeah. before, You're before, before and, you ever start. Right, right. you establish those before and realize, I think there's also a, a conversation in there too, in some place, a caveat, you know, like every staff person has that line on their and their you know their job description, whatever the senior pastor asks, you know, you know, whatever. But it's also there has to be flexibility that things can there can be a conversation for some shift as things change and suddenly oh we didn't even plan we were just renting a building and now we're planning on owning. So how does that change the whole dynamic? Well we gotta go back to our MOU and how do we redo that? So building financial policies, procedures and controls, how are the finances gonna be handled? Are they gonna all come through the parent church? Uh, the PAC gonna take care of it or will they do both except so when we give grants for CMN or OCMN or those come they have to go through the parent church for some of those things the way they are released and uh, they go so there. this the CMN matching funds right so those it says matching fund but it's a loan yeah. it's like, yes it's a loan at 30 grand or is it even more now? it's up now and up to 75 uh, I think so the scary thing is right if you're the if you're the the parent church and you have multiple they're like hey we want to get that I'm like no don't 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 because I got to sign my name for it literally I got one church right now he's paying like $35 a month he's the church is, is struggling the most I'm like oh dude if he goes down I feel like they gave $28,000, which my name is on the line. So we were like, we encourage those guys now, like, hey, you know, cause it, if you do too many. So this is part of the liability that comes with doing this, right? Because somebody's the keeper will, the banker will come back and say, you owe. 
you owe this. I'm like, oh, I'll keep paying $35 a month. <laughs> and and on, the, on the CMN loan, too, it's also not just for you. It, you don't just pay it back, but you pay, you continue putting into CMN until you're, you have planted a church. Oh. So it continues on. Right now, OCMN dollars is right around uh, our grant is about twelve thousand dollars a year. Is where we're where we're sitting at. Is is not it's not. Promise, but at least it's there, Our and that could, and that about a grand a month. And so, well, how do we get that money? Listen, you want to say, let me just say, you want to plant a church, and you're like, hey, we're not ready to parent a church yet. If you're not given to OCMN to be able to provide that, then I mean, the easiest way to start planting a church today is to start making just giving to OCMN. Are you, getting, you know, like through Heart for Ohio? If you do Heart for Ohio, you can get. You can, and if, if you're not doing any of the other percents, just start giving your percent to OCMN. I'm not on the district budget, so and staff, so I can say that. You don't have to put it in the network. Like, you want to plant a church today? Start. Yeah, Josh Hans. So if you want to plant a church today, start there. The second way to plant a church is getting a path, getting a church planter into your church, and let them preach from your pulpit and take up an offering for them. And if they're close enough, send people with them. And the third way is you can plan a church. Right? And so everybody has the option to plan it. You can be involved with with I'm gonna be like, well, you know, you guys, we're not ready to plan a church yet. Well, you can be given to OCMN and then you can say, well, we're helping plan 20 churches this year. And you go back to your church and say, we help plan 20 churches this year. We are already in the church planting model. Can I throw something out? Yeah. So one thing we're working on, we have not well, we kind of did this. So we planted a church that planted a church. So Aaron DeLong, plant, Simple Church, planted Harmony Church. So here's what it is. It's packed under Simple Church. But our network, the C3 network, helped him. So literally he took his guy from his church, ran him through our process, and then it was launched, though, from his church. So on paper, it's his church, right? Because we don't, I don't care who gets the credit as long as there's one name on it, and it's Jesus, right? So but we've, we've done one of those, and our heart is to eventually walk with pastors who have a dream of planting a church, but they're like, how do I do this? I want it to come from here. I just don't know how. Okay, let's help you walk through a couple. We helped you get the yes. first one out the door. Now you're like, oh, okay, we can do this. Here, dude, take our playbook. I don't care. Take our playbook and run it, right? So let's launch another another, uh, you know, what do we call it? network. So then what would happen if we had multiple networks? If we're going to hit a thousand churches, yes. it ain't going to come from right here and right here, right? It has to come from right here. Yes. Each one of us. So right. some of you in this room have an apostolic gifting that you need to you need to walk it out, right? You need to open it up and let God walk out in that gifting that He's given you. So, no, so anyway. since we're on that topic, why would C3 who's raising all this money to plant churches, why would you give to OCMN? Yeah. And you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why do you do that? Well, we got, it, it, it's one of those, we have such an incredible partnership in Ohio. Listen, I travel outside of Ohio and they're like, dude, Ohio's got it going on through OCMN, right? So we give to that because it is not just helping, you know, helping us plant churches, but it's helping future churches to be planted, right? So it's Good. it's one, it's, it's we're paying it forward for somebody else. So yeah, I appreciate what Josh said. Yeah, we can't plant a church right now. Okay, start giving OCMN and you are, you are becoming a part of that. I'm sure, I'm sure Dwelling Place would love if some of you go, man, I need to get this in the culture of my church. Great. Take an offering, raise $1,000, bring his church planner on your stage and go, we are partnering with the Dwelling Place Network and whoever's church. We are a part of that. Awesome. Then you know what? I'm sure Josh would send you or that church planner would send you, hey, we had our first core team meeting. You know, core team meeting, we had 20 people there, right? And then you can celebrate that from your church. So I think we got to create a culture that can handle. You can have the greatest vision in the world as a seed. You plant a seed in the desert, an oak tree will never grow. Why? Because the culture can't sustain it. So we have to create a culture, nutrients in the soil, that can handle this seed to begin to plant churches. This is good. Because right now we only have three, we have three active networks that are really planting churches and we need to, and when you become a network once you plant in three churches or more, but 
just in those one, you know, the you're like, hey, where does it start? Whether and I'll just echo, like, we're here. I'm I'm asked by OCMN to help with the rural lead and plant, and we're working on demographics. We're working on all these different things. We just want to come alongside, and I think Coney said I've, I've stolen it. I, I said it first time I gave you credit. Second time I said I had a friend. Third time it was mine. So you know, like, always said, but, uh, like I always said, but you, uh, you're um, we allow, we want the fruit to grow on somebody else's tree, and it's all right to allow it to grow on somebody else's tree. So number six was preaching and communications. How do you do that? Yep. So when you go through there, discipleship, preaching, teaching, discipleship. Go ahead and do the next one. We'll put this stuff up in there. So that's number six. Number seven. Uh, number six, sorry, is communication and social media. How are we going to do all of our social media stuff? How are we going to make that? Is all one. Number seven, let's go there. Ministries. Are we going to have kids, youth, men's, women's, missions, etc.? Will curriculum be uniform? Will you share those? We per our network. For us, our network, our central office provides, we purchase uh, curriculum, and then we farm it out, and everybody pays for that curriculum to be used. And they all use it in their, their location. So it kept, we, we that's that pay-to-play model that we use that brings the money and the cost down. So that's why how we can run some of our stuff on $34,000 a year, because we really share. We have one print house, we can print all of our banners. I, 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 rent a, I have a big machine, we print all of our banners. We have one main copy machine that prints for all of our locations. You know, all that kind of stuff so that we don't, we're not all signing these documents and contracts. Uh, number, so we talked about seven with curriculum, uh, seven with ministry. So I guess we had a little bit off there, right? Didn't we just talk about ministries? Same ministries. Oh, okay. So the same ministries and mission strategies. Number eight is outreach and community engagement. Uh, will the churches work together in outreach and community engagement? Or will they be totally separate on this? Or will it be a combination? This is where the strength comes in, where you say, listen, are we going to do an outreach? Like, are, are we all doing the same Easter egg? Or are we going to have, do you have autonomy to do what you want in your own community? We do movies in the park. And what in our, our job, uh, for us, our communities, the leadership, the government in our community actually pays for us to do these events. But our teams will work between each of the events. Say, hey, we're holding the movie night over here. Anybody, like, they'll get volunteers. Like, we still need 10 volunteers. And so we'll, we'll put it out in other churches, and they'll come out and help. Uh, so there's some partnerships. Are they the same outreaches, or do they do different uh, engagements uh, within those? And that's contextualization. So you have certain parades. We have a Halloween hoopla in one community, and one other community doesn't do anything. So they look a little bit different, and we're all right with that. Resources and systems. What kind of resources will the church share? Will all the resources be separate? Will it be a creation? How do we put these together? Um, some, some of those things, like uh, how do you do your CCLI? Do, we do Breeze. We do one operating system right now. is Breeze, $50 a month. doesn't make a difference how many campuses, how many churches, how many anything like that we have. It includes all of our church, children's ministry, all of our stuff, $50, and we can have 20 campuses on there and doing it. And so we separate that out. Everybody pays a chunk of that. Actually, it's part of their $100. Uh, they're 2% a month. Finally, the last one is the relationship between pastors and leaders. I think the main thing was when Al was talking earlier, talking about this is a relationship. Like, we're not, you know, your kids. We, we, my oldest is uh, getting ready to move out uh, here shortly. He's graduating from college or graduating from high school. He's moving out. We're like, listen, we are, we care about you. Now we know our our relationship is changing. We're not here to tell you what to do. We're here to coach you and help you and be a sounding board. But we are your biggest investor. Your friends, the world, they're all going to tell you stuff, but please know we are your biggest investor. And so even as in relationship with the local church, if you're planning to be packed, you want to pack and then just, that's it, thank you, woohoo, we're done, then you don't need to pack. You're like, if you don't want a relationship, then this model is not for you. Like just go and get enough people to become a church and don't even do it through a pack model because if you don't have a relationship, that's what the power of our network is. We have a lot of pastors in individual communities with rural churches. They're one, they're one staff member and they're by themselves. But yet when we get together with their spouses and their life, it's this loud conversation because they're all trust each other and they're friends. So you figure out what does this look like? And this is just a great, like this should answer a lot of questions. I mean, I think here, the, like we've tried to figure these things out. Yes, well, you can actually use the wording on this. Stuff. <laughs> we're like, like I, I'm seven years in. I'm seven years into there, five, six years into this, and I'm like, and you're a little bit more than me. And I'm like, we've been trying to figure this all out on our own, 
And uh, I've got a plan to meet with Jacob already to walk through all this stuff, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but then we can share it and, and to be able to use these softwares. So. so we get a form with all this on it. You can literally take this form, copy and paste it, and script and add memorandum of understanding by just choosing one of those options for each question. Uh, just want to open it up for questions. We threw a lot at you. Um, what are some things that are on your mind? Did we confuse you more, or did we help you some? Yeah, yeah I was just saying, could, could we, I would even love to see, could we throw a couple, like Josh's MOU, Chris Beard's MOU, our MOU, online somewhere so these, everyone can look at it when they're building their own? Like, Ooh, yeah, we need to do that. that. We, we have samples on there, but they're way outdated, and they're not yours. So okay. let's put yours on there. Yeah, We're revamping our, our web page, where we'll have those samples, yes. So one of the things I'm looking at, because I'm looking at multiple churches, and uh, in some point in time, planning. Uh -huh. And uh, you may not always have that coming up in your system, in your DNA. Uh -huh, right. So you had talked about earlier uh, about developing people that have a call but not knowing where they're at. So is there going to be a, a resource that will partner churches wanting to plant somebody with young ministers or ministers don't yeah. have to be young mm -hmm. that are looking to be a church plant where you can kind of build that relationship and see if they're a fit in your concept you know just another well, resource cmnu is one yes and then also just we're as a lead team we met yesterday and just say like we are open for business we want churches we want community we want you know just we want from colleges we we're just trying to do whatever we can to get people to come in yeah, see, so CMNU. We've got people that want to plant. Yeah, CMNU is a big one. So, like, one of Conan's guys is leading a CMNU cluster. Why? Because I know he wants to plant a lot of churches. So he'll he'll lead five people that are not from Conan's network, and those five people may get warm up to him and say, "Hey, we want to plant through you guys." The other thing is he has an apprenticeship that he does too. Well, you can send people to him. They do an apprenticeship, and then he sends them back to you. Well, that's what I'm saying. And he sends them back to you. That person in your church, if you're yeah. 150, 200 person church, and we're trying oh, okay, to develop right. reserves here. But you have a, a church out here that has a thousand, fifteen hundred. They're going to. It's just attrition. They have more bodies right. being called into different scopes of ministry. And so, where you're a church plant, you're viable. You've got the the mechanism in place to have a church, but maybe you don't have that person. That, sure. You, we need that resource. Yeah, gotcha. Of a, yeah. It, I would say the hardest thing to find, right, is the church planner and then a building. You have those two things, let's roll, right? So if you have the process in place, but those are the hardest. And honestly, the, the success or failure of it is on that planner. Are they, a, are they a strong leader? So those are difficult. Now, I will say this, right? The larger church you're trying to, to, to release or hope for or shooting for the stronger leader you need. So, you know, pastors that can pastor at a church of a thousand is a lot less than, past, you know what I'm saying, like the skill set. There are different skill sets, not right or wrong, but it's like their skill set. So it's like, what are you fishing for? You know, there are some guys that will plant, will walk away and go, what do you think? I said, dude, I think they can, I think they can rock a church of 200 they can do real well. Not, not one better or another, it's just what are their skill sets, exactly. you know, but we're always looking for that. One thing yeah. we've tried to do, and it hasn't been hugely successful yet with, like, I'll, there's not been church planners, but what would happen if you tapped a handful of people on the shoulders that you think have potential to be, We I, I take them through a thing we call Lead Lab, we go one year, I meet with them once a month, they go through books, projects, different things, that we're grooming them for leadership because they have the potential to perhaps yeah. be in ministry. That may not come down the road until five years, but it may, it may but we're creating tanks that we can fish from for some of these Yeah, very good. Can we, very good. Can we fish in that pool? Yeah. Because here's the deal. He's stocking the pot. <laughs> Fred, here's the deal. We want to do church planning strategically. So when you have areas that you have vision for, all right, then we need to work through you. Conan's not going to want to plant a church in your neck of the woods, right. but he will send you a planter ready to go, you know, if he has someone in the system. And the other thing you've got to understand is there's, I call it gatherers, shepherds, and elders, or apostles. A gatherer is money in the bank. Like, a gatherer to me, when you want to plant a church, is more important than a pastor because they know how to get people together. A lot of lay people are great gatherers. they got the gift of evangelism. And they can gather people. 
we can always get a pastor at that point. But somebody gathering people in the community, that could be a layperson, you know. So we got we got to think about that too. Good questions. Yes. Do you have a checklist of like these are the things that you need to get done. Steps. Plant. Yes. Yes, and we are also working on making that cleaner. Yeah, we're going to get it digitized. Right now, it's a it's a spreadsheet checklist. We have it in your folder, actually. <laughs> it's, so we have your, we're working your checklist because we didn't want to overwhelm you. Okay. But we'll, I could show you it, yes. So like right now, the folder that you guys are working, we have a checklist in there. I need that checklist. Okay. <laughs> okay I need that checklist. Oh, see, now we got a marital. Oh, oh. You should have said, no, what checklist? <laughs> oh, no, that out. Just give her access to the folder. <laughs> But because we want to do better, once your planter goes through like launch and stuff, there'll be a coach in their life and a mentor beside you guys. And we want that checklist to be accessible to all those people. Yeah. But the big deal is when you look at that DNA model, that could be overwhelming. So we'll take pieces of it and say, okay, Nate, do this step, that step, and this step, and then let's go to, on to the next. But you like the whole list. I know how you roll. I know that your was, personality. That was a big discussion yesterday in our, our league team meeting about making it, digitizing that and really putting some things, really step one, two, three, four, you know, really kind of look through some of that. So yeah. it, it's on the same. We're trying to catch up, really, with the big behemoth to try to catch up with what's happening uh, in the summer years. Come on, to figure it out, though. Yes. Uh, so my question is for Conan, because I heard Josh's story a little bit. So what... It, what does yours look like two or three years in? If the pack at the beginning, I think we had that figured out yep. the first year or two. Yep. What does yours look like three yep. years our, or five? Man, our goal is we, we say we recommend by three years we want you to be in general county church. Yep. Now here's what here's what the cool thing is, that's worked out some kinks. We had one guy come back and like, bro, I got this guy on my advisory board, he's trying to take over. And I'm like, and he was getting ready to launch his church, like general council. I go, well, let's not do it yet. Right? And we went in there and got that guy off. Okay, I'm yeah. like, we can be the bad guy for you right. until you get the right team to go, yeah, this is right. And they feel good about launching. So that is our goal for three years. One good the question. Yeah. Anyone else? Okay. All right. So, like, we, it, you came here for a reason. You wanted to learn. Hopefully, we helped you learn a little bit. We want to pray a blessing over you, send you to lunch. Um, but we want to be your friend too. I mean, we're, we're in this with you and there's no two better people to say, I will give you everything I have and I'd rather learn from their school of hard knocks than create my own. And I do have a school of hard knocks with my name on it. Okay. Lord, thank you for every person in this room. I pray multiplication anointing on them. Lord God, we, we just call it out of them in Jesus' name. Every seed they plant would reap a harvest, whether it's in their marriage, in their family, in their community, in their church, or in a new community. We pray multiplication anointing on their lives in Jesus' name. Amen.